0: <laughs> no, don't edit it. <laughs> Let that shit play. Aww.
1: What's Adidas up, guys? For life, hey, guy. bro. that uh, that Turkish hair transplant really did you well.
0: What is an NFL quarterback room like? So two years ago, I trained Sam Darnold and Josh Allen and Allen. That was my draft class. Bible, Bible. I think that this league is filled with opportunities, and the guys that that stay in the league for a long time are the guys that take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah, I'm just a big believer in repetition. Cool. I'm a
1: big routine guy, and goals never anything. I'm just a big. big, 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 big I'm a big routine guy, and goal, goal. once I stepped on that field today, it was good, man. Welcome back from Christmas break, holiday season, everyone. This is episode 21 of the Room. We got Jordan back on from his holiday break. How we doing, Jordan? How was the holidays?
0: It, dude, it was chaos. Like. Little kids, December, plus my seven-year-old's got his birthday in the mix. Like, December was a blur. It's the best, though. I love Christmas, and and, then, and football games get more meaningful. The college games are more meaningful. Mm-hmm. The NFL games are more meaningful. So I think all of that and excitement, and like we have something every day, it was a blur. But how about you? How was Christmas for you mid-season, in the middle of the season?
1: Yeah, middle of the season is always weird. We had family in town for the first time, which was nice, though, so we got to see family.
0: But to be honest, glad— Glad holiday
1: season's over. We're back in this today. We got an awesome, awesome guest for you guys. One of our closest friends. I know we say that about a lot of guys, but we're just in the quarterback community. We're homies with a lot of these guys. We got our boy from the Las Vegas Raiders, who made his first start in four years in his four year career. He hadn't started a game yet, and he balled the fuck out. Jarrett St- of the Las Vegas Raiders. What an awesome example of taking advantage of an opportunity when it's given to you against one of the toughest defenses I've seen in the last four or five years. A great dude, an awesome story. I think you guys are going to see a really cool side of him that you don't really see. He's kind of vague on his Instagram. There's not many interviews with him out there, but he really is an awesome dude. And you've known him for longer than I have, and I think he's one
0: of our close friends. Yeah, and I think Raider Nation is... You know, the thing about Raider Nation that's different is they can be upset that they're not in the playoffs and all that stuff, but they don't stop caring about the Raiders. They don't wipe that Raider tattoo off their chest. They don't stop wearing Raider gear. So I think there's actually going to be a lot of Raiders fans who are like Googling Jarrett Stidham, like, damn, who is this guy? Because they they were probably going, okay, Carr got benched. All right, who are we drafting next year? Are we going to get Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Or, you know what I mean? That's Raider fans, they don't stop loving Raiders. One of my favorite fan bases. But, Hold up! This dude just had 390 yards, 99 yards of total offense, 67% completion percentage, three touchdowns, his two picks. One of them's batted at the line of scrimmage, not his fault. Second one, guy getting walked back into him. If he doesn't, that might be the game winner in overtime. Might be 400 yards and four touchdowns. So unbelievable start. So I just think there's a lot of Raider fans going like, okay, if Car they moved on from Car, who's the guy moving? For, well, wait a second, who's this guy? And he did it versus San Francisco last week. He's got the Kansas City Chiefs this week, another home game, and so just a dope time to talk some ball with our boy Jerbear.
1: Awesome story. Before we get into it, subscribe to the room as always. Our subscribers keep going out, man. You guys, you guys seem to like it. We're almost at seven, There's like
0: five hundred new ones in the last like week, right?
1: Unbelievable, man. This is this is awesome. We're gonna keep putting this out. Like we said, we're getting the best guests every week. We're getting Jarrett Stidham fresh off of his first start, and then we're gonna get some awesome quarterbacks going into the playoffs. We got some great ideas coming up, some some awesome stuff, so subscribe, like the channel, like us on Instagram, follow us there. Before we get into the episode today with Jarrett, we're recording this on Tuesday night. Last night was the Bills versus Bengals game where the hor- horrific, really there's no other way to describe it, horrific thing that happened to DeMar Hamlin last night. I remember, I mean, you, were, me and you were on the phone for 20 minutes during the game last night and you called me and I'd literally just been sitting on my couch crying, like watching it. And I'm texting tons of buddies around the league. Me and Sam Donald were texting, said he was emotional. We were both texting Josh during the game, how emotional he was, but we just want to take a, take a second and, and honor him and pray for him. And, and really an unprecedented thing that's never really happened in this league. And, and as of right now, what we know is he went in cardiac arrest. They resuscitated him on the field he was in critical condition at the hospital, couldn't breathe on his own, but his vitals were okay. So that's, that's how we have of right now. That's all we know right now.
0: Yeah, and and this is not the channel to come to to get breaking news and updates. That's not what we're doing here. And, and so a lot of people, there's so little information. There's just a lot of speculation and opinion and people saying whatever they're able to say. What we wanted to do is create some space, and we did a little research to find out a little bit more about Damar Hamlin. And turns out he's not a really good football player where there's nothing else to it. It's like, well, hold on. This is an amazing dude. Grew up in a tough situation in Pittsburgh. He's from Pittsburgh. And he's got a little brother that's seven years old. And so when he was coming out of high school, he was a big time recruit. So I saw the video of him picking the Pittsburgh, I don't know, Pitt Panthers? The Pitt Panthers, like the pit hat over like Ohio State and like Michigan. You know what I mean? Like he, he was big time recruit. Puts the pit hat on in, in an interview. His little brother was two at the time, and he said, I want to be closer to home. I want to be a role model for my little brother. Uh, so he chose to stay in Pittsburgh over, I'd argue, bigger schools like Ohio State because he wanted to be a role model for his two year old brother. If you go on his Instagram, you see his little brother all over it. So really, family guy. And then his parents talked about how his parents were role models for him and the role that that played in shaping his career. So now, you know, he wanted to be that for his little brother. So to choose, he wanted to bring a you know, I had a bunch of quotes about talking about what he wanted to do for the city of Pittsburgh. So this is a guy who when I hear that, I just like loyalty is the first thing to come to mind. This is a super loyal dude choosing something that's bigger than himself over himself that plays well. And, and and probably why you see the reaction that you did out of Bills and Bengals and especially out of the Bills, because, again, it's not, you know, a guy on the team. It's it's a young man who cares who's bought in. That Buffalo Bills team, people don't realize, is a lot closer, I think, than most other teams, and and maybe a lot closer than all the other teams. There's no way to rank it. And you hear about the schedule what those the Bills do every week. I mean, it's like somebody's daughter turned six. Like there's like 40 players there. Like I when I played, it wasn't like that. And something about that Buffalo Bills team. And so we saw that. And so great player just drafted out of pit. made an instant impact. Filled in for I think Poyer was the one who got hurt this year. Got a lot of playing time. So young guys stepping up, playing a big role. And when you hear people talk about him, you hear about the community given back loyalty, respect. And so I just wanted to, we just wanted to put some of that out there. No no one knows what's happening and what's going to happen, but I don't care how many interceptions he has, how many tackles he has, but like the, the, the stuff that it was fun to find is, man, this is like a rock star young man, you know, and an unbelievable role model for other kids. Unbelievable role model. and, And
1: what's going around right now is his, his toy drive on GoFundMe. I think before the game, or I I can't remember what it was I saw, but it was at $2,500 when he was coming out of college or maybe after his first year and his goal was to get something like 10, 20 grand. It's at $4 million right now. So if you guys are looking for something to do, something to support, keep supporting his GoFundMe, keep praying for him. This is something unprecedented in the sport. And I think this affects everyone in the entire sport. And it affects a lot of people in the world right now. People come to watch that football game. That was probably the most important football game of the season, and for those two teams to shut it down and and respect what was going on for the players and everyone around them. And and I'm just, I mean, I just can't stop thinking about how you and me felt last night and how everyone I talked to felt and how horrible the situation is. And, and we're praying for Demar. So, yeah. Just wanted to say that before we get into the episode.
0: Yep. Yeah, well said, man. So let's uh, let's talk to our buddy Jarrett here again, and and we'll we'll go through a bunch of stuff, but. There's more to this story than people realize. Most people don't know the story. You know, fourth round pick from Auburn. They weren't a national title team. So it's not, it's just kind of a, you know, if you're a fan, it probably slipped through the cracks a little bit. And then you see that success and you're like, what happened there? Well, he's talking to Devontae Adams. Eh, it ain't that easy. And, you know, I watched every snap. You watched the whole game. So get a chance to see this thing unfold. And I think most people, most fans, especially if you're a high pick, you know, if you're not good by the second or third year, you're probably not going to be good. It's probably like the pace at which fans expectations are. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is Drew Brees had his best year. Like finally it clicked for him in year eight, right? Alex Smith, right? Your boy, like his best year. Finally, like it clicked and he balled out year 12 in Kansas city, right? Is like ninth coordinator. And so I remember when I was playing in Chicago, one of the switches that flipped for me from a confidence perspective was when Mark Tressman, who was the offensive coordinator for the Raiders, when they went to the Super Bowl and Rich Gannon was the NFL MVP. And he told me, and I was like 27 at the time, and he goes, hey, Jordan, Rich Gannon never started a game until he was 30. He knew he was an MVP at 32. I was just like, it may be like, like I didn't know that. That's, that was like the most relevant stat I'd ever heard in my life at that point, yeah. right? It changed everything for me. And And I think Jared is one of these guys… Where yeah, he didn't play it all in New England. Yeah, he was sitting behind Brady, learning, watching. And I finally got a shot, got some horses in the huddle, and, and just balled out as much as you can versus the number one defense in the league in your debut. It was epic and fired up to get into this and talk to a guy that we've known for a long time and care a lot about.
1: Welcome to episode 21. We have a very special guest today. We love him. Sometimes he can think he's funny and he's really not that funny, but we still love him no matter what. You this be the judge, our, though. You decide. We, you guys can decide today. This is our boy, Jared Sidham of the Las Vegas Raiders.
0: Welcome to the room. Hello.
2: Hello, gentlemen. I, I'm really happy that I finally made it into the room. You know, I, I Like I said earlier, whenever we were talking, you know, I think battled the backups earlier in the year with me and Kyle when we played Houston. Maybe I could have made it in the room then, but here we are. Last week of this regular season, I made it in. I appreciate it. It would have
1: been a good episode, but I think this one might just be a little bit more interesting.
2: Battle of the Backups. Maybe when I got like 25 Maybe. viewers on that one. That would have been sweet. Yeah. It would have been like the Battle of the Bastards on Game of Ooh, Thrones. Just
0: Battle of the Second the to last episode. That was a good one. Yeah. <coughs> Probably a lot less people. Tightening of the circle. It's gnarly. Uh, you had a couple <laughs> of
1: Battle of the Bastards moments this weekend. That's what we always used to call like when you make a tight throw from the pocket and you're just like, yeah, it used to be like a Battle of the Bastards throw. I awesome. like that yeah
0: i do like that so we've all known each other a long time so for those of you tuning in right now i'll start when did you guys meet when i know we, meet? we threw together actually no no, no 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 i i do know this i do okay. know this so
2: this was i would have been a senior in high school Ooh. Kyle, oh kyle kyle i don't even think i don't, I do I don't think you remember no this. i remember kyle, just- kyle was in college yeah he was at the the pool at his apartment complex in college station and I was my brother lived down there at the time you know he's going to school down there and we're all you know smashing beers at the pool one day and I look and I'm like oh I think that's Kyle Allen and I remember talking to you very very briefly yeah. you you kind of acted like you were too cool for sure for that. that makes um, complete sense I mean at that point he was but go it ahead does. <clears throat> It does. right so that was actually the first time we that's bad. right that
1: see i didn't like right when you said that it popped into my brain and the only thing i could think of was how embarrassing it was yeah. to you i was like what the fuck is this five-star kid at my pool right now get the fuck out of my pool who
2: are you <laughs> he was he was he was throwing throwing the pigskin in the pool with the shirt off you know all that
0: yes. stuff hey, QB1. one for the no eggs. no go deeper i got a huge arm <laughs> you guys wanted to go to the stand pit let me get a lone ball.
2: star <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, that makes me cringe. God damn it. <laughs> it's
0: disgusting. That's uh, okay,
1: awesome. So, yeah, that was a bad memory. I did not need to relive that.
0: How, how'd you guys meet? Elite 11 regional junior year. And, and then he was on my team at the opening in Oregon at the Nike campus. And I just remember we were blue and orange, probably Alpha Pro. And we were the Alpha Pro. We, we had some stud receivers, right? Uh, were you when we had yeah. Snoop's son and Juju? That yeah. was that year. So we had Juju. Yeah who we thought was going to play safety because I was unimpressed at wide out. And then Snoop's kid Cordell or something like or that baller. was a baller. Yeah. He was a baller. And I was like, this guy's gonna be a superstar. Yeah. We had a couple guys that went on yeah. on that team. I remember there was, yeah. there was a couple freaks on that. Was that doubt? Was Dalvin cook our running back? Oh, I don't remember. Um, I don't know. So, so we, we had a good baller. Yeah. Though. So he was coaching. I was coaching on a seven on 17. That's been a theme here. Bo Nix was on the show this year. I think one or two other guys that were on my team. And, and yeah, so we met then and then came out a lot. In college, whether you were at Baylor or, and I, I remember one time I was working out Deshaun for the draft, and there was like, we went back to Atlanta, we went back to Houston or something like that. And it was in, it was in, Houston. Was in yeah, yeah, you were there because right. both you because it was the three of you guys through. So I worked out yeah. with Deshaun, right? And you guys jumped in, you were at AM, I think, still, or maybe at Houston, and mm-hmm. then I think you were at Auburn at that point, or, or maybe Baylor still. So, anyways. Yeah. Go way back. Our wives and Kyle's fiance are tight. And I'm sure Kennedy and Summer are on the text thread with Dottie somewhere. And you've spent a lot of time in Southern California as well, out here over the years. And so, yeah, we go way back. This will be this will be fun. And we're going to, when it's fun like this, Kyle ends up getting involved on the script writing. So it's going to take, oh take some turns today. Oh,
1: my God. <laughs> but I had to get my fingers on this one. Don't worry about it. Yeah, Let's get into it, Jarrett, man. Crazy career so far. I think the more we talk to people on here, the more we realize and peel back the curtains that everyone's career is crazy. Like, you see the, the perfect moments on Sunday. You see those successes and maybe the failures on Sundays. But that's why we like having people on here so you can pull it back. But let's start with this Sunday, right? What a fucking amazing moment for you this Sunday, man. First NFL start, your fourth year, almost at the end of your fourth year. You're playing the 49ers who might have the best defense probably over the last five years, maybe since I played them in 2019. And I threw three picks and 200 yards. And then you go out there and you throw 365, three touchdowns. I remember it was right after we finished our game. So I came back home and I turned your game on immediately. We were watching the whole thing, me and my whole family here. You don't pull it out in overtime, unfortunately, but you put up, I think, 37, 34 points, you give your team a shot to win unfortunate that you got pushed your tackle got pushed into you on your last throw when you had one on one with Devonte Adams when he literally made the crazy catch on the right sideline earlier in the game after 4 years of just kind of pushing through a lot of adversity what did it feel like after the game ooh
2: it, it was a lot there was a lot bottled up into sunday for me i mean quite honestly i was just i was more like just pissed off after the game just cuz we should have we really should have won the game i mean the first half, we either scored or they stopped us on the one-yard line every drive. So, I mean, we could have put up 35 points in the first half. And so I was just more, like, pissed off, like, this is, you know, this is how we're going to lose. You know what I mean? I was just more pissed off about it. But it was funny. I was telling I was telling Kennedy after the fact that it was just, like, a lot of emotion into Sunday. Because you guys know how it is. Like, you, you just kind of – you work so hard for something in your life, whether it's football or not. And you don't really see the the fruits of your labor until a certain point. And I remember when I was texting her right before I was about to go out to play for, for, for real, I was, I, I started tearing up a little bit and I was just like all the, all the shit I had dealt with, you know, my rookie year, especially my second year, you know, the COVID year. And then last year, not playing at all with, Having surgery and stuff, it was just like a lot of bottled up emotion. Mm-hmm. Just I was very, I was just thankful to actually just have the opportunity. I didn't care if it was against the best defense in the league. I didn't care, you know, if our playoff chances were super, super, super slim. Like, I didn't care about any of that. I just was super excited to go out there and actually play and you know fulfill my dream of starting in the NFL football game. That's what I was, you know, super excited about. And then ultimately, you know, just felt super. Very, very short at the very
0: end. So, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. 399 yards of offense. He had 40 on the ground, too. 40 something. Unbelievable start. Hey, your boy. Hey. Your boy, didn't, I didn't think, didn't think
1: you had it, bro. I'm going to be honest. You definitely don't, <laughs> don't know. Think you had it right I was there. out there <laughs> That's
0: for <sure>. creating time <laughs> and space. I'll be honest with you, Jer Bear. I, so, if, if somebody would have asked me six months ago, and I'm sure people have, like, no, you've been around Stidham since he was in high school. How good is he? My honest answer. Be am 100% honest here. I have no idea. Six months ago, I have no idea. Because yeah. if you go through your career, right? You were great in high school. I mean, most guys are great in high school. So, whatever. And then, hot start at Baylor. I think you had an injury. And then the Art Bryles thing goes down. So, then you go, you know, choose Auburn over Florida. You go there. Kind of like, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm watching you run that system. And then, I'm like, shit, I don't know. You know, and you go fourth round and you go to a yeah. team that's smart and drafting people you know and you go to New England and I thought I thought you were gonna have a really hard time learning it and what's crazy is fans don't realize is you know when you went to you may know these numbers when you went to New England it's you Tom Brady you call him Tommy because you're on a friend basis with him and (laughs) we are and (laughs) Hoyer and what was the stat it was like Brady's like 17th year in that system or something I mean that was like
2: Tom's 20th year in the system,
0: and at the time when I first got there,
2: Hoyer that was his, it would have been his like seventh or eighth year in the system, I think, because you know he played at Cleveland and some other places. But I
0: mean, I was <laughs> it, it might as well be learning French or Chinese, I, I didn't know anything. I mean, Kyle, I don't know if you know this like the offense he ran at Auburn, they, it wasn't XYZ FH, it was numbers one man, three <laughs> man, five man, seven man, nine man. Like, they were, they were numbers and they could only be in a certain spot and so many things were mirrored. And so, like, none of it, even though that offense is they've been prolific and they've scored points, like, none of it carries over. Like, letters, numbers, digits, cons, yeah. none of it carried over. And then on top of that, it wasn't just an NFL playbook. It was in a room with a guy in his 20th year in the system and his ninth year in the system. And obviously, they're not slowing down for him. So, I was blown away. So, again, my my comment of, like, I had no idea how good you were, it really until this preseason was really your first time to go and, like, you're the guy. Yeah. You got a nice little con. They traded for you. You got some security and you lit it up for three games. And I was like, me and Mike were like, shit, Jerry can play, dude. We had, I had no idea. I assumed. I know how well you can throw it, but I've seen you on the yeah. driving range. You know what I mean? Not on the course. Right. Yeah.
1: Real quick like question on that, Jordan. So, like, Jordan says, like, he has no clue if you're good. Like, nobody really does. And that's like kind of including yourself, I guess, too. After not playing real football, like, preseason anyone can tell you preseason is different football. Now you ball on preseason, but it's different than the actual game. Is there ever like thoughts in your head? You're like, damn, like, I wonder if I got it. Like, I wonder if I, when I go out there on Sunday, if I got it.
2: I mean, I think if if anybody in my position that never played, I think they'd be lying to you. If they said there wasn't some sort of thought that was like, shit, like, I don't even know. You know what I mean? And I think deep down, like I know, like I've always been very confident in the kind of player and person that I am. And, you know, Kennedy and I have always talked about like, okay, like whenever I get my chance, like I'm going to take full advantage of it, yada, yada. And, you know, going into Sunday, there was a little bit of like, I don't know how this is going to go. Like, I think I know how it's going to go, but I don't really know how it's going to go. Because, you, I mean, you know, when, when bullets are flying, things are just completely different. Everything- and it's different. It's just different in preseason. Like Nick Bosa doesn't play in the preseason. <laughs> you know, it, like it is what it is. And so there's a little bit of that. Like I just don't – I'm not completely sure. But I did feel confident in myself. And and quite honestly, I felt very confident because of the guys that I was playing with on offense. So that, that kind of went into it a little bit too. Like I've got the leading rusher behind me. I've got – Superman on the outside I've got Darren Waller Foster Moreau tight end, Hunter Renfro you know Mac Collins I've got guys that you got dogs like, and I and I've got I've got guys up front too that, that that can play so it was just that was a little bit of it too like okay like no matter
0: Dude, what happens I, I thought no, Josh like, I dialed it up too me. man I, I even to start the game yeah. mm-hmm. you know the quick screen and then this and then a naked high angle corner like Good high percentage comfort, but not all checkdowns and flat routes and bubbles. Like I thought they, I thought, you watching that game, like, I think he put you in a position to really ease into it and, and a lot of thoughtless concepts early, you know what I mean? Screen, you know, high, low, like those types of things. And then all of a sudden, then the offense opens up.
2: Yeah. And you you guys know how it is. Like, and at least least this is how I feel about it. Like, especially early in a game, it's all about getting in a rhythm. If you can't get in a rhythm as a quarterback, like it might be a long freaking day. So I think that was part of the thing, too. And I talked to my quarterback coach about it, you know, before the game and stuff is just, okay, taking the first thing that's there, just moving the chains, one play after another, just not trying to overdo it and, you know, get too greedy. I did that later in the game. <laughs> I got a little greedy at times, but at the beginning of the game it's just it's just all about getting in the rhythm.
1: I'd have a little heat check late in the game. Well, we always do a segment called teach tape. So, we're talking about plays right now. I want I want you to take us through one. So, late in the game, your first start, third down. I think it was third down. You see man coverage here. Oh, it's first down. Look at that. The Raider or the 49ers playing man on first down. What a what a sight. So, you see this, right? Middle of the third quarter, back and forth game, your first start. And you decide to say fuck it. Like, I'm throwing this signal out. At-
2: yeah, so I mean, I mean they didn't really play a lot of man coverage against us. I think that's obviously from our personnel. But I saw that I mean they were giving us man on first and 10 and I was like, shoot. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys know this. Darren Waller is a freak show. Hmm. He's the biggest we know. most athletic fastest guy I've ever been around. Wow. And I was like mm. I was like nobody can run with this guy. So I just gave him a signal slot fade and uh, yeah,
0: it's hard it's hard to cover. Is that concept? Is that chop? Is that what, you're going to have to change that signal anyways. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. Thanks. We're going to, we're going to blow it out of proportion here. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, chop concept. Yeah, I think too, it's, it's got to be difficult though, right? Because all of off season, Derek took the reps with those guys, right? And then all season, Derek, you know, the starter takes the reps with those guys. So what type, I remember when I was the two in Cincinnati, we had T.O. outside and Chad outside, Ocho Cinco. And I was more worried about throwing it to them than I was about the defense that we were going to play if I went in because I didn't throw to those guys very often. They were so different. They were so specific and they were so picky about what they wanted. T.O. was going to run a super high angle, bang eight, didn't give a shit. Right. And then Chab was going to be super friendly. And so I was just more worried about completing a pass than anything. And, you know, as the anxiety builds over the week being the two, what was that process like getting some feel for those guys? And I mean, half the reps you probably got came in the game you know
2: yeah i mean it was it's tough at first because like you said like i'm throwing to the to the practice squad and like the twos and threes like all week the entire season there might be some like little routes on air and stuff that we throw you know that i could throw to bonte or hunter or whoever but the majority i wasn't doing that so the big thing like this last week was trying to get some of the timing down like we switched up our schedule a little bit to where we we were just running more plays, especially more pass plays smart. Mm-hmm. And we were just, we were just trying to get the timing down. And then, you know, if there was like special teams going on, you know, I would pull Devonte Hunter, Darren, whoever I'd bring them over to the other field and we would work on specific routes, whether it was third down or red zone or whatever it was. So that was one of the things that, you know, I had to do, and something like you're talking about how these guys are so specific. Like Devontae's been playing with Aaron Rodgers for like the last, you know, nine years or whatever it is. And so, you know, the little like back shoulder fade ball, he's very specific about. And so just trying to get the timing down, you know, with him on that, because I mean he's done it a million times with with Aaron. And so there was some you know, some hiccups along the way last week. But for the most part, I mean, it felt pretty good once we got to, once we got to Sunday. It's
1: a little intimidating trying to recreate Aaron Rodgers' back shoulder ball with Devontae Adams.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's you're, tough.
1: You're, you're kind of <laughs> on a string a little bit. You're like, is that good,
2: Devontae? Is that
1: how you to do it? <laughs>
2: well, one more yeah. time, one more time. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So when I ever watched the 49ers, though, like you're, we were talking about them playing man on first down there, which is crazy, right? So 49ers, That's best right. defense in the league, Probably, if you racked up the last four years, even when Salah was there, they're probably the best defense of the league over that time. And all they do is run cover three. They'll sprinkle in quarters on losses. Third down, they'll get a little crazy. They might shoot a nickel blitz on first down, but they're really, really basic and they're just they're good. But you know what's coming, right? Yeah. So when you're going into a game like that, I guess you have your game plan. You have whatever. But what's your plan of attack like? What are you looking at on a defense like that?
2: Well, so whenever you know it got announced last week or whatever that i was you know that josh told me i was going to start and everything you know i was sitting there thinking i was like from a personnel standpoint okay i get it like they're the best defense in the league statistically whatever but schematically i was like this this is actually a good first week for for me you know what <laughs> i mean because whenever you're in 21 personnel they're going to run they're, they're going to blitz and they're going to play cover 1 behind it or they're going to play cover three or cover six three week that's what we call it so it was just like that's it and then on like you know 11 personnel it was like you're saying quarters a sprinkle of you know quarter quarter half every you know what I mean it was just it wasn't a lot of craziness to it and so then that's what I was thinking when I was watching film last week those guys they're just so good they just lined up and they're like fuck you we're better yeah. than you <laughs> you know what I mean it's like that's the mentality which is obviously worked for a long time for them. So, yeah, I was just trying to have a great understanding of what they were doing and when they would do it. And I felt like I had a good grasp of it when I was out there on the field on Sunday. And I kind of knew where I was going to go with the ball pretty much every
0: play for the most part before the ball was snapped. And that's that's half the battle yeah, sometimes. I agree. Let's, let's talk a little bit about <clears throat> Derek Carr. Full disclosure, Kyle and I are big fans. I have been, it's funny, especially like if I'm in even before, but like before we, the Raiders went to Vegas, if I'm in Vegas or in LA or whatever, there's Raider fans everywhere, right? My brother played for the Raiders. So when Raider fans, don't no ever talk to me, everybody asked me the same question. Hey, 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 on, shh. what do you think of Derek Carr? Right? Like everyone, all the Raider fans want to know because there's so much about it. And I've all I, for since 2014, he's been the starter of the team since his rookie year. I've been like, dude, this is a guy. And I, in my opinion, so he, he had this game, he was like on an MVP pace and he breaks his leg in Mexico. I don't remember what year it is. At the end of the year, and it cost him the MVP. He signs a big contract that offseason and he was balling. And then the next two years, everybody dumped on him. I did a radio show that year with Sirius XM and all the callers would come in. They'd argue with me on Derek Carr. And, I, and then I pull it up and I go, his stats are better this year than they were the year that you all thought he was good. And for some reason, he's just been this guy that there's, you know, mixed opinions on. And I don't know, I watch tape. I watch football. I'm like, dude, this guy's really good, really good player. And then the debacle with, you know, he's got Gruden in there and then AB blows up training camp. Like, how about that timing, right? Right before the season starts, right? And then Gruden gets fired. And then, like, he's just dealt with more bullshit, I think, than any starter in the league. So with that being said, I I can't be the only guy. Like, there's got to be guys in that locker room that feel that way too. How was navigating that this week? Because I doubt it was everybody's fired up that Derek's bench. No, I bet there's a lot of guys that were pissed. I bet there's guys that are like, that's my boy. I've been with that guy for six years or whatever. So right. there's a lot of, you know, it's not what happened with the jets, right? You know what I mean? And benching the starter and putting in the yeah. backup. It's a different complicated. How was navigating that this week? Cause I know that you're a big fan of his too. And that you care about him a lot.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, the, and I told you this, uh, Back when I was here in the spring, like, I loved Derek, and he was very, very helpful to me. You know, in the spring, as I, you know, as I was to him with the offense and so forth. So we, we actually clicked early, early on, and just had a great relationship through the summer and then through training camp, and then throughout this entire year. And you know, like like you're saying, like there's, yeah, I would say he's, yeah, I guess he was the longest tenured Raider that we had on the team. And like Devontae, him and Devontae, they're like best friends. You know, I mean, they played college ball together. So, you know, it was, there was kind of like this elephant in the room, so to speak, last week. And I think everybody handled it the best they could. And the the only way they knew how, which, you know, it was kind of different for everybody. Like it probably affected me a little bit different than Devontae and Devontae different than that guy and so on and so forth. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, especially the, the veterans on the team, like, they, they understand like at the end of the day, like it's a business and you know, sometimes you just, there's just things that happen and it is what it is. And there's really no, sometimes there is a rhyme, an explanation for it. And sometimes there's not, you just, it's not, you know, we're not paid to make certain yeah. decisions. We're, we're paid to play football. So I think a lot of guys just took that mentality of like, look, like we actually have a lot to play for still. I mean, at that that point last week we were technically still in the uh, in the playoff hunt and so guys were like well I mean if this is what we're going to do like we we still got to play and we're about to play a really fucking good team so you know it was kind of on Wednesday I I guess it was it was kind of like okay and then it kind of settled and then we were rocking and rolling you know and getting ready for the for the Niners
1: yeah I mean everything's just moved so quick it's like I've been on teams where the head coach gets fired you know and everyone's just like, what the hell is going on? You know? And it's 24 hours of like, that's bullshit. Or, you know, people are on different sides. Right. And then, you know, Wednesday at 1 PM or 1120 comes around and you got to go do a walkthrough, right? Like you move on.
2: It's just like, and then it's, and then it's third down and you, you're thinking right? about, Oh, Oh, oh load, yeah. let's, you know, 11 peel. And then it's like red zone the next day. You, no, just like, you just keep going on cover. You just got Yeah. Got to just keep going. Because it
1: seventy-seven? <laughs> you had seventy-seven down there, maybe like a double-zero dog or something like
2: that. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, talk dirty. Right <laughs> question. All right, just I'm, guys uh, doing ball.
1: Yeah, guys doing ball. We love this. Speaking of Spanish, but Josh McDaniels. So Josh McDaniels obviously been around the league forever. Had his stint in Denver as a head coach. Went back to New England. You get drafted there. And from every time I've talked to you and I've talked to Jordan and I've talked to other people about your situation there, it seemed like you and Josh were, were close and Josh really believed a lot in you and he respected you, goes to the show, gets the head coaching job in Vegas, immediately trades for you to be there. What is your relationship like with Josh, and what do you think makes you you click so well? And I've seen it on Sunday too. I think it was after you threw one of your touchdowns. You said you're looking at him. You're going, "I'm fucking him, dog." Like, what?
2: (laughs) I mean, Josh and I we have a great relationship, and um, I think the cool thing for me, at least, and maybe this kind of plays a little part into it, but you know, like him and Tom were together for years and years and years won Super Bowls together, won tons and tons of AFC East titles together. You know what I mean? So I got to kind of see, you know, like I was saying earlier, the 20th, 20th year in the system. And it wasn't all with Josh. Some of it was, you know, with Weiss back in the day, but and Billy O. But I got to see how they work. Yeah. I got to see how they work together. And kind of what the expectation was because obviously like for at least for our generation like Tom, Peyton, Drew, Aaron like that's kind of the the top of the top you know and so I got to see that on a daily basis and I try to take as much from that as I could and little things that you know Tom was doing that I wasn't doing or things that you know, I could just pick up on it. And Brian Horrier was, was very similar. You know, he'd been in the system a long time and picked up on things. So it's just like, you know, as a young player, you just try to mimic the guys that are in front of you and especially the guys that are, you know, guys won seven Super Bowls at this point. So, yeah, I I just think, I think that was part of it. And so I think that was part of the reason coming to Vegas is just just from a, from the quarterback room perspective and from an organizational perspective, like, I kind of just knew the expectation. I knew what every day was going to look like. I knew the schedule. I knew what was expected in walkthroughs. I knew what was expected in practice. I knew what we were going to do in practice. And so, you know, I think it just was maybe a not a safety net or a safety blanket, but just having somebody there that, yeah, yeah somebody that knows what's going on and kind of the expectation and can help, you know, facilitate that to, you know, other guys in the locker room.
1: It's underrated, man. I mean, this is my first. This is my first time on a new staff this year, and just kind of like you know, your first week coming in. Like we have normally, we have a full day on Tuesday, right? Like I'm not used to that, right? We have oh wow Saturday morning completely off until Saturday. Like you get so used to this routine, and you figure out how to work it, and you figure out how to make it work for you, and and how to get the most out of it. And it's like an underrated thing, you know you talk you talk about Brady though in New England, right? really interested. You're like one of the only guys I know that's played multiple years with Brady as the two, you know, I'm friends with Garrett Gilbert. I played with Garrett Gilbert. He was in and out of there. Taylor Heineke was there for like three weeks, but you were there with him for a good stint of time and early in your career, an impressionable part of your career, your first couple of years in the league. Everyone always talks about like, oh man, what's Brady like? You know, like what's he like? And everyone's like, man, his preparation's off the charts. Like, what a leader blah 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 like we know that about him what i'm really interested is is there anything tangible on the field that you took from him is there anything like about his pre-snap thoughts that you took is there any like technique any like sing like any little thing that you took from him that you put in your game
2: ooh great question Kyle thanks and i actually remember this and i don't that's really good I'm proud of you I actually took this my rookie year and I've actually gotten away from it a little bit over the last couple of years. But, and I remember, I don't know, if JP, I don't know if you remember this, but the way he took his dropbacks, I, I don't, I don't even know what to call it, but like on a five-step drop, he would take a one, two, three, and then his four or five were like synchronized. It wasn't like one, two, three, four, five. You know what I mean? It was like one, two, three, four, five. And it was like, I don't know if you remember
0: us talking about that when I came. Out I remember, yeah, we had a clip of like a head-on video, yeah, from like off-season at me, yeah, you and I watched over and over again for a while, and we breaking it down, yeah, it was yeah, like three yeah. and then two shuffles. Yeah, it was, it was,
2: it was different, and I had never done it, but that was the way he did it, and so I was like, well, this must be great, and so I tried to, you know, I tried to do it, and you know, that was kind of what Josh expected me to do because he, he literally just wanted me to just taken in as much from Tom as possible. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, my rookie year, like there was probably things he was doing on the field that I just went way over my head. But the, the, the thing that I, one of the things that I took away from him was, you know, we always talk about like having unsackables. So there's a, you know, section on the call sheet where it's drop back passes and this and that. And it's like, when these are called, like, you just got to hit a hand. And he was so good at that because If you call it on second and ten, like you know he's gonna hit a hand and it's gonna be either a first down or it's gonna be third short. You know, and there was just always a plan for him pre snap on where he was gonna go with the ball. And you know, he wasn't always right all the time, but that was one of the things that was just so incredible to me. He was so good in the system and he knew where he wanted to go to the ball with the ball almost every time before the ball was ever snapped.
1: That's so Mm -hmm. so important too, because in this day and age of football with guys in in college, you know, not learning as much in the system, you're, you're playing early guys in the NFL, having to play early. What I noticed is a lot of offenses have kind of gone to just straight up pure progression reads, right? Like here's the formation. It's going to be trips, right? Right. You're going to start with this guy over here. If not, you're going to get back to here, to here, to here. And that looks great on paper, right? That guy's not open. Oh, let me take my hitch to the, the drag right over the ball. Okay, let me get to the basic. Oh, let me throw my burst. Right. Until you got the three technique just eating up your guard and in your fucking lap, you know? Right. And so you keep doing these peer progressions over and over again. And that's why it's so refreshing to hear you talk about like an unsackable play, right? Second and 10, give me some, I can get the ball out of my hands and get it to a third manageable or, or first down. Like that is just so important. And I think it's a lost art today's game.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Last question we're gonna get into our game here. You know, people are picking up on this now. A lot of Raider fans are kind of YouTubing you and figuring out who you are and all that stuff right now. But anybody who meets you probably says the same thing. Like, boy, what a nice guy, handsome guy, and he's well dressed and he's, you know, looks in the eyes, a Texas guy, so he probably takes his hat off and shakes your hand and all that stuff. And so it's easy to think that that a nice guy doesn't have a dog in him, doesn't have grit. We talked about it during the draft process, right? Owning your story and being able to, you know, you don't want to be the nicest guy in the room when you're going through the evaluation process. Whatever you want to share, like for those people who don't know much about you, like, I mean, we know this answer, but I'd love for you to share what you're comfortable with. Like your childhood was gnarly, dude. Like a lot of adversity, a lot of grit was built early on. So the toughness and the grit that people aren't going to see in an interview and they're not going to see, you know, if they meet you or if they see you talk, like where does it, where does it come from? And, and where do you have that grit and that resiliency and that toughness and the dog really?
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. I won't get into everything, but I think a lot of it comes, comes from where I grew up and Stephenville, Texas, super, you know, small town, Southwest of Dallas, Fort Worth. And it was always like, it was always like, we were never the most athletic by any stretch of the imagination. We were just the country boys from bump fuck nowhere, and you know what I mean. Like, there was teams that we beat in high school that we had no business beating, but we just worked harder than them. We were tougher than them, and when it came down to the fourth quarter, like we could just finish better than them, and that was instilled. Like guts in Stephenville. like. Art Brow started this back in the early nineties. Like you start, you start that kind of mantra about yourself, like in like sixth, seventh grade. And then it carries all the way into until you're a senior in high school. And so I think that's where a lot of it comes from. And, you know, on top of that, there's, you know, family stuff. I mean, everybody deals with family stuff, family drama growing up, but, you know, moving out of my parents' house when I was a senior in high school and, you know, working a job, the majority of high school so I could pay for my gas and go grab a bite to eat with my buddies. You know, it just, it it adds a, a layer of perspective onto your life that you just gotta, you gotta work hard. And I feel like good things happen to people who work hard. It may just, it may take time, but that's just kind of how I was raised, I guess. And just to always try and outwork everybody. And that's just, that's what I've tried to carry, you know, to now. And Hopefully my kids will understand that one day and, you know, understand that, you know, you just got to work hard for, for the things that you want in life.
0: You said kids, you guys are pregnant. Oh my gosh. I can't no. believe you chose to announce it with us right now. This is such a big moment. Get not Kennedy yet. in here. Get Kennedy in here. Not yet. Not yet. I wish, I wish, yeah. but no, not yet. Awesome. Kyle, you want to get us into the first game? All right, Jack. I Jared. like games. Go
1: good at games. He's got not, games. he's not going to golf. Games? He's a <laughs> big gamer any games on the phone uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we got two games for you we haven't done either of these games before first game we got pf chang's dream dinner all right your boy mark davis who you said you had a nice conversation with after the game you guys are really close friends now he is rumor has it i don't know if this is true or false but he is an avid pf chang's lunch eater Really? Supposedly he goes four or five times a week to eat P.F. Chang's lunch. I don't have any sources. So wow. Producer Jake, maybe you can ask him next time you have your uh, morning conversation with him. That's, you said that's every day, right? You guys talk. <laughs>
2: I've had one con- real conversation. with
1: Okay. Him. <laughs> so here's the premise of the game, right? So you're at P.F. Chang's. This is your dream dinner. We're going to do a snake draft on this. We're going to let you start it. Okay. You get to pick four people dead or alive that you could eat this dinner at P.F. Chang's with. You get the lettuce wraps, the orange chicken, sesame, whatever you want. Mm. But you got four mm-hmm. people, and we're gonna start with you.
0: Oh I haven't even gosh. thought about this,
1: Jordan. I didn't. I haven't.
0: I I've only thought of like one or two. Yeah. So uh, this I is- think. Go freestyle here.
1: Ooh. Oh man, <clears throat> this oh, is. I have my first one. I'm good. You I'm sure?
0: kind of thinking like, who's a quarterback? Who's a football person? Who's like a? Good,
1: um, I'm not even And then football. two other like
0: non-football. Yeah. harder I'm not even- not even thinking
1: football. jeez. Right.
2: Oh, alright I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with my favorite comedian, Will Farrell. Comedian though? Ooh. Is he an actor? Oh, he's gonna make that dinner a blast. Gonna be a great yeah. Like it, we're gonna have a great time. Get some cocktails in him. Oh yeah.
1: All right, that's a good start. I'll go next, Jordan. I have mine. Well, we're gonna stick with the same line of work. He's not a comedian, he's an actor, Jared, by the way. Mine. He's both is first one vince vaughn this is a good dinner how is that any different than will ferrell first of all better than will ferrell vince vaughn is the best actor ever first of all
0: no range no i'm taking will no range he plays vince (laughs) vaughn in every movie and he's great at it he's the best vince vaughn on the planet
1: it's like a denzel washington then we can just say the same thing no range same person in every movie
0: all right. All right. You guys went comedians. You got to go. Two. Uh, I got to go too. Uh, I, I know this guy. We all know this guy. I I just, I want this dedicated time. Like Aaron is just so fascinating to me. Mm. I just want to pick his brain on what's going on right now. What he's thinking about all that. So I'm taking, I'm taking Aaron. I, I don't, I don't, I don't watch other podcasts. I don't watch anything. I'm taking Rogan. Uh, I just fascinating ooh, I, Cause he was going to get taken anyway. So that's why I just took take it. the next anyways. pick. The, the um, next pick for sure. So I got him off the board. I thought about that because you guys aren't going to get my third one. So
1: I'm just making an executive decision. We're, we're all at this table together, right? The yes. Day. Yes. Okay. So with Rogan, I'm going to add on his counterpart, Liver King. We Ooh. need to have Liver King. at this Wow. Day.
0: I don't know that guy well enough because that's a weird pick for me. Really
1: okay. spice it up. We're going to put Liver King in there. He just got outed that he's doing steroids after he said he wasn't doing steroids for the last six years liver king's number two for me
0: is he just going to be doing laps around like carrying just massive amounts of orange chicken <laughs> orange- around P.F. pfgings raw bull nuts too <laughs> raw bull nuts all right you can have liver king that was not getting picked jerry Bear, what do you got
2: <laughs> yeah that definitely was not on my radar list all right i'm gonna throw one out there elon musk
0: that's a good one that might have got called <clears throat> i think one.
2: that would be fascinating
0: taking the world head on <laughs> i
2: want to know what in the world what all he's up to
0: Okay. yeah yeah anybody who forget the twitter thing for a second anybody who's like no we're gonna be on mars let me explain how this is gonna work right so it's like i'm gonna let you continue i like that L- one liver king come on liver king all right yeah. uh, we'll give you one more kyle
1: turn <laughs> it's the snake draft. all right super random but we actually met this dude at rx3 a couple years ago jordan mike posner remember mike posner I I still stay in contact with him. He's fascinating. Fascinating, dude. Once once Superstar turned into kind of found himself walking across America.
0: Spiritual warrior. Spiritual then climbed Everest. Crazy. All, All right, world. next. Snake draft.
1: Well, you messed up the draft. It was Jared Stubble.
0: Oh. I'm taking anybody who authored the Constitution. Like now more than ever you think like this freaking nuts. Right. So England is taken over. Okay. And these dudes are just like blocking their town with a musket. You know what I mean? Like, and if they lose like so the English breakthrough, like it's over. Right. And they basically, when they sign the constitution, they, ba- they sign their death warrant. Like these people are coming for us. You know what I mean? And so I'll take James Madison. I'll take Thomas Jefferson. I don't know a ton about it, these guys individually, John, any of these dudes who wrote this thing. Cause like, for that, think about them. They they thought about this stuff, that a couple hundred years later, checks out. Like, what? Like, th- there's no technology. There's no nothing. Obviously, governments change and all that stuff. But like, the, the 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 like forethought. They just landed on this place. They took over some land. They sort of settled in here. They got like thousands and thousands of bad guys coming. No form of communication. People riding around on horses, and they had the balls to be like. This is how it's going to be, and then it turns out like two hundred and some years later, it's like the same. It like it's checks out. So I not celebrated enough in some just genius shit. You just really had to go there. Pre constant. I yeah. I just want somebody who, like we said, dead or alive, and I, like, that like you know everyone always picks Abraham Lincoln, and it's like no, nah, I want somebody who's like early, early. I'm not proud of my picks. Can I throw a, another one in there, please? Yeah, Liver King was a bad pick. That's all. There's <laughs> nothing no can around it. Panic. You panic. You actually need to shut your screen off the rest of the time. Me and Jordan you talk. get you get no more orange chicken. All right.
2: I've got one more. Robert O'Neill. It's the guy who shot Osama Bin Laden. Whoa. That... I think that would be a fascinating just to hear the entire operation and the woman in the CIA that did everything. Like, I just, I think that would be fascinating to hear.
1: I like it. Good picks. All right. We got one more game for you, Jarrett. And then we have QB to QB question, then two minute row. Okay. You got enough time? You got to post a B-real of you watching a film. So I don't want to keep you from that.
2: Film watching's done, buddy. Nice. <laughs> Last game we got is
1: kind of an ode to your wife, Kennedy, but we're calling it Are We Smash and Subscribe? So rules of the game are we're going to give you some names around the NFL, and you're going to tell us if they had a daily vlog, if you were subscribing to it, and why or why not? All right. And okay. here's the deal.
0: If you say yes, I'll subscribe to that, that means like you're actually going to watch it. Like, you, you, if I would subscribe to that, I'm subscribing and I'm actually going to watch that. Okay.
1: I want you to say yes to everybody. Okay. All right. We're going to start off our boy, Josh Allen.
2: Absolutely. I'm watching that. That's an easy one. I wanted to throw you a, uh, an easy yeah. one. All right. How about Kirk Cousins? I'm not.
1: <laughs> you want to know his most recent quote was, is. I come to work, I work, I go home, I play with my kids.
2: Yeah. Yes, <laughs> All that's right. great. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not subscribing to yeah, that, that one. Yeah, we're good on that one. Mac Jones. Ooh. Because I know him, I'm going to say no.
1: Mm, that's facts. All right, Ryan Fitzpatrick.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Absolutely, right? That would be the most interesting one ever. That would sure, be a lot of fun me. to
2: watch. What about Joey B.? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's great to him.
1: I don't, I think he might be in a like maybe off season vlog, but in season, he might be in similar to Kirk Cousins category.
2: I don't know. I, I, I don't know Joe, obviously, as well as probably both of you. I don't know. I just feel like there's something beneath the surface there that would be fun to watch every day.
0: He's fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating.
2: Like, hold on, hold on. Who, how can you say that, Kyle, when, when a guy shows up to a throwing workout? With a shirt on and it's a cat riding a slice of pizza on the on the beach through the waves. Surfing surfing. Like how can you say no to that?
1: Last time he came to work out with Jordan, he didn't want to get off of East Coast time. So he woke up at four thirty every day and he went to bed at seven forty five. And this was in July. Okay.
2: That's (laughs) fucked up. (laughs) All right.
1: He's the homie. He's the homie. Josh McDaniels, are we subscribing to his vlog?
2: Josh McDaniels. I wonder what his lot look like. Probably not subscribing.
1: No. no. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Mainly because
2: I know what he does every day.
1: <laughs> Last one. We got your running back, Josh Jacobs.
2: I, I'd subscribe to it. So, There's no telling what's going on. Interesting dude. Oh, very. And he's got, he's got, I think it'd be cool because daily vlog here. So he's got a really, really nice car. So he could have some really great car content.
0: There we go. What's he drive?
2: I don't even know the name of it, but it's a, it's a Rolls like SUV, whatever those mm. are called. Pulling in. Wow. It is nice. Go ahead. And it says I am 28 on his license plate. He is so. number eight. Mm. That's
1: correct. He is him. He is him. All right. We're going to let you go here. We got a QB to QB question. So we started this concept with Kirk. Hutt. We had Kirk ask our next quarterback guest a game around the game of football. He didn't know who it was last week we had Max Duggan on who ended up going and beating Michigan. Let's go Max. Now he's in that Hey. So his question to you, he didn't know you were coming on. His question to you was what is your favorite red zone concept
2: right now? Who? Throw it to number 17.
1: Yeah, I'm nine. <laughs>
2: throw out the 17. Oh, that's a that's a good question. I mean that is a legit answer. It really but is. I'll give you an actual answer. Oh, what are we talking? We're talking, man, we're talking zone.
1: Give me like a nice little red two beater, some some cover four in the red zone down there. It's the toughest thing to go against. You got third and six from the six yard. It left. is, bro.
2: I, I like, I don't know how to explain it. So if you go, I, I like going formation indicator. Okay, so, so three by one, tight end on the left. I'm not even. I'm not even. I'm not even talking about cover four. I'm just talking general here. Mm-hmm. But having a couple different ways you could do it. But put number one on, or excuse me, tight end on the backside. You put him on a fade. You could put him on like a pinch route or like a red route, which is like a mm-hmm. corner stop. I'm, you guys probably use some of the term terminology. Um And then number three, have him on a like a speedo, so a cross coming like deep in the in the end zone. Then having number two and number Number one coming under, underneath, so you get a natural high low yep. with on that Mike linebacker. And it's good against like Seattle three teams down in the red zone cover six, where you take that back hook special player out of there and you hit him underneath. There's a, just different things you can do with the tight end on the backside depending on who it is. That's that's a good overall concept. I feel like, and, then, like and then on top of it, if you if you go the formation indicator, and then you have you know man coverage then the world is your oyster. You can do whatever you want. You can do a, you can do a lot. You can do something with three man side. You can do a pick. You can, Give me yeah, the- you can chop. You can, you can do something with the, with the halfback. <laughs> you, can, you can do a lot of things. So I, I think there's a lot of, a lot of ball, a lot of ball.
0: I like it. All right. So without knowing who our next guest is, which question do you want to pass on moving forward, wherever that is? And then we've had some be specific about football and then we had one that was would you rather have fingers for toes or toes for fingers? So it was terrible. Don't do, <clears throat> don't do something like that, please. Your best or your
2: favorite, your favorite play that you've ever made? It's got to be one. Play. individual play. Yeah. Individual play you've ever made.
1: Yeah. What was yours from this weekend when you shuffled into the sideline 19 times and then got smoked and threw a 60 yard touchdown? that's up there yeah I was I was like yeah that's was your there.
0: was your dig in the second quarter first yep. Arizona the first up one up there
1: yeah. yeah the dig where they crossed out the backside that was awesome Dope. and you were in the, the awesome bathroom throwing up from how many beers you drank on the way there
0: me <laughs> I was I missed it <laughs> me and DQ and Kearney <laughs> drove out for that game me and, D- Me and Kearney went to the bathroom and everyone goes nuts, but pissed nuts because I was at Arizona and I was like, something good happened. And we run out there and Deke was like, you just missed it. That's great. Awesome. All right. Last thing here, low key, one of our favorite parts of this show is a two minute drill. So we're going to throw two minutes up. This is your journey, man. You've given this speech at some of my summit camps over the years, but pick it up wherever you want to pick it up from. I mean, you touched on childhood earlier, so pick it up there and uh, and it ends today, but the highs, the lows, the journey. You know, most of the stuff we go through, fans don't know about. They just know little little pieces of it. So, we'll throw two minutes on here, and we're going to hit mute, man. What is the Jarrett Stidham, a.k.a. Jarbear, Bear story? Starting in high school, you know, like I said earlier, Steamville, Texas, small town. You just,
2: you work harder than everybody, you know, that you play against. And was very fortunate to grow up in a situation like that and you know was really recruit highly recruited coming out of high school decided to go to uh to baylor played for coach briles played there my freshman year played a little bit broke my ankle got healthy for the next spring next spring coach briles gets fired for all the stuff that went on there and so that summer i decided to and i stayed in waco my sophomore year of college and i ran a scout team a scout team out of high school that entire time and it was great tanner mordecai was a quarterback there who's now you know a really good pastor in the in the in college football and did that and then went to auburn played two two seasons there had a bunch of just incredible time there loved every single second of it beat bama beat georgia did not beat lsu sadly and then got drafted you know the fourth round in 19 by the by the pats and got to sit behind in my opinion the greatest player to ever play the game of football Especially at the quarterback position behind Tom. And then second year was behind Cam Newton. I learned a lot obviously from him. That was during the, the whole COVID COVID year. And and then last year I had back surgery and didn't play a lick of football all year long. Got to practice the last couple of weeks. But yeah. Had a had a had a baby this offseason. Lennon, she's this the best. And then Kennedy's been a rock star mom and moved to Vegas this year and here we are, just rocking it out and you know, trying to play blackjack. Trying to play blackjack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Great way to do it you're not a crap guy, huh? You're a blackjack guy.
2: Yeah, I'm more of a blackjack guy.
1: Well, dude, a lot of more story to write. I think for a lot of people who've been around you and are have been friends with you for a while. This was an incredible Sunday. Like you had a, a lot of people supporting you, and I think you knew that. And and it's we were talking about it earlier, but you know, when you get your opportunity. And you haven't played in a long time. We were, I mean, we were talking about how you know maybe you don't got it, like you don't know, like you stepped out there and you looked like you've been playing every game for the last five years, like you looked awesome. So I'm, I'm really, no, I appreciate pretty, that. Really, thank pretty, you, dude. I mean, when you when you got announced the starter, I looked at the schedule. It said Forty ers Chiefs. I go. Hey. Yes. Oh shit! (laughs) Yeah, you're probably like, all right, who we got? Oh man!
2: (laughs) But hey, but hey, here's here's what I what I told I told Kennedy this last week. Whenever it happened, you know, there's two ways to look at it, especially like with how our season's gone and stuff. It's like, oh shit, we're playing the 49ers and the Chiefs. On the flip side, it's like, oh shit, we're playing the 49ers and the Chiefs. You know what I mean? And it's like what a great opportunity for me at least to i get my first two starts against teams that very well could both be in the super bowl playing against one another probably will be you know and so i've i've looked at it like not that like the negative way i've looked at it like what a great opportunity i you know we have nothing to lose at this point we got to lay it all out there and you know see what we can shake on saturday but yeah i mean it's it's pretty cool you, you know you get to play football for a living you get to do it against the best people to to play so I, I think it's I think it couldn't be better
1: it's a great perspective man
0: great perspective and you got a chance to go into this offseason feeling real good real good there's a lot of ways to go in the offseason and I know the the record isn't one of it but but yeah man that's that's exciting to be able to go into this thing on an off note because if the fans are everyone's all you know it's the playoffs are coming up and then the Super Bowl and then the college football and the Reality is like, there's also a group of men who've been grinding since March, (laughs) you know, and they're about to get an off day or hundred. So man, so pumped for you and love watching this thing unfold, man. it's it's crazy. You didn't even have, you you didn't even have a mullet when we first met, but here you are. It's really grown in. Full mole. That,
1: uh, that Turkish hair transplant really did you well. It's really good. So good. <laughs> that was
0: worth the trip, man. I'm telling it you. It
2: was. It really was, guys. Totally right.
1: worth $7,000. That's awesome, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the... Uh, yeah, I appreciate that.
1: As always, appreciate you. Miss you, bro. We'll see you in a couple weeks, even though you decided you're going to live in Dallas now and not hang out with us in California. So... Uh, a couple,
2: couple things on that. That's where I want to raise my family. I don't think um, anybody can hate me for that. JP definitely can't hate me for that. Too. I got two and a half acres, so he's definitely not going to hate on it. Nope. Price of living's a little, little better. It's just better things in Texas.
0: Everything's bigger and better in Texas.
1: Whatever makes you except sleep except, sleep for except for board and brew, except for board and brew. Whatever makes you don't have that. Sleep good no
0: turcados in Dallas. There's zero
1: oh, turcados. There. Not. You can always play the family children card. You know, like
2: I can't say anything about that
1: because yeah.
0: Jordan, Jordan, I'm, do you think?
2: Do you think we're going to get invited to the wedding? Kyle's wedding? Yeah.
1: It's going to be small.
0: It's going to be, be small. small. It's going to be know. small. This is awkward. I don't know what it's to say. Awkward on our
1: episode after the wedding when Jordan didn't come. What am I going to say on the episode after? Oh. I was, t- I, had family and Kyle kids.
2: didn't come to my wedding. So,
1: well, I would be one of 750. So I didn't,
2: I didn't really feel special. So.
1: I flew my
0: ass out to Houston. I was there. JP was there. I was there.
1: Anything else you want to make fun of me for before we leave? Make me feel bad about.
0: That'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Your Liver King pick. Other than that, I think we're good. Yeah, yeah. that was terrible. Gonna, Jake's
1: gonna cut that out. We're good. <laughs> yeah.
2: All right, bro. Well,
1: good luck this weekend. Appreciate you taking the time, Appreciate it, guys. Uh, yeah, thanks, later. man. All right, everyone. That was Jarrett Stidham. I think Jarrett's funny, dude. Man. Dude, right. he's he's classic. This <laughs> is like classic. corny. But he's like, he's funny. I forgot how funny he is. Hell of a dude, smart player. Like you said, playing behind Tom for that many years in New England, getting to learn that system. You can tell how smart he is. You can tell he's got the moxie about him. And just hearing his perspective, like talk to him at the end there about what he was thinking going into his first two starts ever against probably top three, top four teams in the league and the 49ers and the Chiefs. That perspective on his opportunity and what was in front of him is different, man. Not
0: everyone's built like that. No, it's awesome. And I mean, he touched on it a little bit, but like really the, the the childhood, the adversity growing up is, you know, growing up fast is how I'd say it. And then, you know, the stability, he got married early. He was married before he got drafted and, you know, and now he's got a kid. And so I just think the combination of overcoming adversity at a young age, stability in your life, super smart. I, you know, I always say the best thing you can be as a quarterback is really smart, great decision maker and decisive. And he's those two things, but he can flat spin it, man. He's always been able to. It's something about little dudes from places like Stephenville, Texas. They just grow up throwing footballs all day long, and they can freaking spin it. And so, yeah, lo- love, love, the way this season's ending for him. And 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 I think it's just classy the way that Derek went out after a year, the year that was a, it was a tough year for everybody there. The relationship that he has with Josh, the relationship that Derek and Jared have, the way that Jared's able to move on. You know, I just think it's cool, man. It's a cool ending, and I think Raiders fans are going to have a lot to be excited about heading into this offseason with the potential of. Jarrett being the guy with some, a long list of free agents with a draft coming. It's going to be interesting to see what the Raiders do here, but what they know they have is a guy, if they need him to play, they can go in and do it. And so what they do with the rest of the pieces will be very interesting, but knowing, you know, one for Jarrett's side and then two for the Raiders, you know, you got a guy in that room who can play. It's
1: a dog, man. We always say this about quarterbacks in the league, man. When you get your opportunities, They're going to come at some point. You got to be ready to take advantage of them because finite opportunities. And it's awesome to see him taking advantage of his.
0: Hey, the other thing too, is like, it's not even just the fans. Like I, I got probably four or five texts from marquee starting NFL quarterbacks current during that game or after that game. Hey, Jarrett, Hey, steady balled out. Hey, your boy Jarrett, like didn't know he was watching. You know what I mean? Like it was pretty cool. Like unsolicited, just dudes thought to send something and then it was marquee guys. And I was like, that's cool. Everybody, you know, a lot of people take notice. Everybody does. And people don't know this. When you're not playing games in the NFL, you're watching them. And so, especially
1: primetime games, that's why people make such a big deal. I didn't understand it before I got to the NFL. You make such a big deal about primetime games because not only is the world watching, the rest of the league is watching too. So, Mm -hmm. proud of him. We always finish our show with what we're grateful for. Coming off the holiday season, Jordan, what are you grateful for today?
0: Yesterday, I started my season. So I'm inverse of you guys. Off season is my season. The season is my off season. Obviously, I work a lot during the season. But yeah, I had my first guy check in yesterday for draft training. So it's officially started. 2023 draft. Another guy gets in Saturday. Another guy gets in Sunday. Max Duggan, we'll see. He might have a parade in Fort Worth and be a week late. And so I just, uh, I'm grateful for an opportunity to get a handful of guys, build a really cool relationship with all of them as a group, all of them individually make a big impact. I think I've always said the three month period in draft training represents the greatest opportunity to make major changes in your life, life, football, mechanics, nutrition, whatever, because in high school, you played multiple sports and you had school and your parents made all the decisions for you. And then in college, you had school and you have teammates, you had to host recruits, you got to, there's so much stuff you got to do. You Once you're a vet, you got time, you got money, you got marketing, you got family. At some point, you got kids and stuff. So really, this is the only three months where you have no teammates, no distractions. Your boys aren't like, let's go to Vegas. Your parents aren't like, come home, we miss you. You're just locked in for three months. And so it creates space to be able to make the major changes and to identify and take inventory of what I need to change. So I'm just grateful for the chance to hit the reset button. This is year 13 of draft training for me.
1: No way. Um, 13? Yeah. What you was know, the 13?
0: Bortles? Blake, Blake Bortles, yeah.
1: That was 13 years ago? God, yeah. you're getting old. So,
0: that's crazy. I don't know. Yeah, at least I was like a current player when I did it. Like, I was still playing when I when I trained Bortles. It wasn't like a five-year retiree guy. But, but uh, yeah, I'm in my mid-30s. I'm we in my mid-30s for another four or five years, but...
2: Yeah, that's good. <laughs>
1: okay. Well,
2: How about you?
0: I'm grateful
1: today, you know, we already touched on it with DeMar Hamlin, but today I'm grateful for my health, I think, last night recording this on Tuesday last night was just kind of a scary reminder of of the dangerous nature of football and what's really possible out there I think you know listening to Ryan Clark talk last night and some of the former players and guys talking about you know how we've kind of just become accustomed to people hitting the turf and getting concussions and and getting carted off and we're all just sitting there in the stands you know is he gonna be okay like give us a thumbs up and You know, 99% of the time we get the thumbs up and we just take a sigh of of relief and we move on with our lives and move on to the games. And I think we've become so accustomed to that. And, you know, obviously with the new concussion stuff coming out and, and we don't know how that's going to affect people as they get older and things like that. But this game is just, it's brutal and it's dangerous. And, you know, I've had snapped my leg in half and been carted off the field before. And I heard Aaron talking about it on McAfee's podcast today about how we've just become numb to the injuries and and when something like this happens, it just you can't be numb to this, man. It's just it's a really huge reminder of of what's really at stake out there at times. And, you know, we're praying for him and and hoping for his family to to have the strength to get through this and everything like that. And so for me personally, I'm just I'm really thankful for my health and and hopefully continue to health.
0: Yeah man. So if you're watching this your first time or if it isn't, uh, take a sec, Think about, just take some inventory. What are you grateful for? We love wrapping the show that way. As we mentioned in the, in the open, like, subscribe, follow us, tell people about it, share something. You see something, share it with somebody. We're trying to grow this thing, see where we take it. But we think to the moon and now we got a big off season. We're excited about putting together here as Kyle heads back out west. We've got some really creative ideas that we're going to get together and talk more ball with more guys who throw the ball. This is The Room. Thank you so much.
2: See you next week.